Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together business owners, leaders and experts to talk about their business journeys and provide them with invaluable insights and explore the link between personal and business success. I am your host, Warren Munson, founder of Evolve. I've previously founded, grown and successfully exited three businesses in the business services and technology sectors. I have a passion for helping and advising businesses and seeing them succeed. We all know that leading and running a business comes with its own unique joys and challenges and Evolve provides the advice, guidance and support to the business, you and your teams on that journey, be that if you're starting, growing or looking to exit or step away from your business. We do this through our Ignite, Thrive and Optimize programs and services, which includes strategic advice, coaching and mentoring, leadership training, funded business support and so much more. If you want to learn more about Evolve, then please do go to evolveadvisory.co.uk or connect and message me on LinkedIn. For now though, let's just get on with the show. A fundamental to business success is being able to grow and scale a business. Consequently, at Evolve, we have developed a growth program for leadership teams and we've also worked with numerous businesses to provide strategic advice on their growth strategy. In recent years, there's been a number of economic and geopolitical issues that have led to businesses struggling for consistency and direction in terms of growth, but many businesses with the right approach have still grown and succeeded. As a result, we decided to take a different approach for this week's episode by combining two different discussions around the topic of growth. Firstly, I sit down with Evolve's delivery lead and advisor, David Mutton, to talk about the challenges and barriers to growth and the various mechanisms you can follow to achieve growth, which includes strategic partnerships, franchising, international expansion, acquisitions, so much more. We also discuss some of the barriers to growth and also how you can build your capacity to be able to grow. The second element of the conversation introduces Mark Northey, owner and MD of Norco, a composites engineering design and manufacturing company. Under Mark's leadership, Norco has achieved phenomenal growth, going from 12 to 20 million pounds in the past five years alone. So I was therefore keen to get his thoughts on the approaches he's adopted and how he's maintained this amazing momentum. I think that any business owner, no matter what their stage of their journey or wherever your growth is at the moment, will benefit hugely from the insights on this episode. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. David, it's great to have you, my fellow colleague at Evolve, on the podcast. Great to be here, Warren. So we're going to have a conversation today about growth, because I think one of the things we've found during the course of the programs that we've delivered for local authorities, the LEPs, particularly coming off the back of COVID, was that growth is a big issue for business. And how do we get to the point of growing and how do we sustain that growth and some of the things we think about? I think we'd both be fair to say that when businesses come to us and they want to talk about growth, perhaps there's not the right structure in their mind around those conversations. Would you agree with that, David? I would. I think that it's very easy to have a scrambled mind when it comes to growth. It's like, well, we want to grow. That's a big topic, a big question to to deal with. Yeah. And, and people come with their thoughts and their ideas, but actually how do they formulate those ideas and how they how do they choose 
kind of which method of growth to go down and then how do they actually implement that and what are some of their challenges and you know some of those barriers and therefore how can they build the capacity and infrastructure i'm hoping are things that we'll discuss during the course of this conversation david i think you're absolutely right warren i think that is really important to help people you know to create structure and to create a sense of right this is the problem i'm trying to solve Hmm. fundamentally how do i expand that how do i increase my revenue my profits and take my organization with me and i think having some kind of structure around that is an important angle yeah and we've both run businesses both owned and run businesses and and got our own experiences as well so hopefully during the course of the conversation we'll put some of our own experiences into the mix absolutely brilliant all right so let's talk about that real starting point then um and talk about structure um and talk about how somebody that comes with some ideas around growth can build some structure to their plan and conversation david got some thoughts and ideas around that Absolutely. I think, I mean, fundamentally, one of the techniques we often talk to people is what's called the hands-off business matrix. Um, And fundamentally, this is a grid um, where you can kind of consider the risk-benefit of different ideas. So let me explain this a little bit further. So most businesses are working in kind of existing markets. They, they're very familiar with their customers, their geographical reach, for example, um, and they're delivering their existing products or services. And they ultimately could do more of that. Yeah. They could say, look, we're going to sell more of exactly the same things to exactly the same area, people, etc." So that's the lowest risk, perhaps the easiest angle for businesses to... You know, to just think, well, we'll just keep doing that. Yeah. Okay. Moving to the right-hand quadrant, we can develop a new product or a new service, but we sell it to the same group of people. Mm. Yeah. And that is a nice activity in its own right. right. Okay, what are those new products and services? Now, what are people asking for? What can we sell as a secondary sale or, you know, three times over? So that's the top right. The bottom left is what we might call market development. So fundamentally, we are taking the existing products and services we sell and sell them to new markets. Yeah, geographically, um, different areas of the, you know, perhaps the business community. And just it, it just ex- helps expand the mind. Mm. The final quadrant, bottom right, Um, we might call diversification, um, which is where we're selling something completely new, a new product or new service to a new market we don't really perhaps know. And it therefore has the highest amount of risk to it. So as a model, it's quite a good thing that you you can sit down with, you know, yourself, maybe some people that work for you and go, right, what would it mean to kind of apply these different strategies and that's an exercise we often do isn't it david is actually you know people come in maybe fixated with one kind of route to growth it's actually the first point is to brainstorm and get them to think about what all of the options may be and i'm i and maybe we should come back to that in a moment and think about some of the ideas and some of the options but i'm listening to you there and i'm trying to relate my own journey and my own 
story to the things that you are saying. And I think in my journey with growing Inspire, I think we did do all four. Some with some success, some with some absolute failure. So I thought I might just touch on that because clearly, you know, we were in Bournemouth and Paul. You know, that was our conurbation. Dorset, really, and, and you know, West uh, Hampshire were our marketplaces. And we really went for the market penetration model. You know, that was the success model. That's how we really grew the business. But we also launched during the course of that Inspire Financial Services, which we grew and sold during the course of the 17, 18 year journey with Inspire. And you can, clearly that's that top right hand corner that you talked about, which was product development. It was new products, you know, financial planning to our existing client base. Um, we then did, you know, existing products in a new market. And that, that was a, an office in London, became a very white elephant, bought small practice up there. Didn't work out. We, you know, we can perhaps come on to why it didn't work out when we talk about some of the challenges and barriers, but a lot of lessons learned. Um, and then I suppose I'd put Evolve came out of the diversification box. We were doing events, coaching, peer groups to our existing client base, completely different kind of services. And to a certain degree, that was, you know, we did serve some of our existing clients, but it was very much to new clients as well. So we probably touched on all four quadrants on that journey so it's interesting to reflect on that i think so yeah and actually you you said there about options and often when we create options we create one or two right i've got one or two options but if you seek to create four or five options and really keep thinking it's quite a useful exercise for the for the business before it clearly then has to say we will do this Mm, definitely yeah, I mean, one of the great things, isn't it, is, you know, we do start, our minds can be quite fixated, like we've already said on one or two things, but if you can say, right, what are the 20 things I could do? And you can list all of those out and, and consider them all, that's really powerful. And then if you could plot them on the Ansoff matrix on that grid, um, then that becomes powerful. But, you know, some thoughts and some ideas, I mean, I've given some f- sort of four examples of some things that we did very briefly there. But, you know, some of the other things that, people can consider yeah absolutely i think these are sort of you know they're titles of of ideas but fundamentally strategic partnerships i.e working with somebody you know is there something where two two plus two equals five you get everyone gets more business um the concept of franchising if you have something that you feel could be franchised or something could be licensed um you've created some kind of intellectual property um international expansion Mm-hmm. Clearly, we often trade in the territories that we're familiar with. For yeah. us, lot, you know, it's UK. We grew up here. We know the law here. We we know how to do it. But the realities are that there's a lot of opportunity out there in the world. And actually, the best market for your business might not be the UK. Um, and so there's there's a lot of support out there. Um, we recently had Jamie Sargent on the um, podcast, and you know he's built a worldwide business, completely by building hubs in different countries all around the world. And, and it just goes to show, particularly with services that, you know, with internet connections, they can go anywhere. The world is your oyster. But there, there is, you know, there is other pieces, isn't there? You know, acquisition is a form of growth as well, isn't it? And, and I suppose that can be, that could fit any four of the boxes, really, you know, using acquisition as a way of, you know, expanding your offering. Of course it could. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels complicated sometimes, but there are people who can help. 
and there's people who can advise. And I, I think just to, to touch on one thing that often perhaps wouldn't be considered a growth strategy for a business is actually talent acquisition mm-hmm. or developing people within your business to give them certain skills that can allow for new products, new services. But that is a way of you saying, do you know what, we do this, then we'll be able to grow the business. Yeah, invest in people, definitely. Completely. And do you think, you know, we, we often also talk about the life cycle of business, don't you? We talk about, you know, the kind of startup, the Ignite piece in our terminology, the, the growth piece, you know, through Thrive and then kind of the optimization and exit piece. Do you think strategies for growth and mechanisms for growth differ in all of those phases, David? I'm, I'm hesitating because personally, I, I'm, I actually, I don't know if it does. I think certain things feel right at certain times, no doubt. But but the process of going, right, what next? Mm. How does this business get better? How does it grow? Is that market share? Is that increase in profits? Yeah. Is that softer? I'm not sure it is. And, and it is interesting, isn't it? Because you've just touched on something there as well. Is so sometimes the conversation is people come in with this growth and it's very much fixated on turnover only. But and you know, and it doesn't really talk about the profitability or the cash generation or what does it mean to their value. I think there's a fundamental piece. You know, growth is great. I think so. I'm one of those that believes that you're either growing and you've got momentum, or you start to stagnate. And if you start to stagnate it's very hard to get momentum again. So I think once you've got, you know, it's, it's that whole ball moving kind of mentality. Once you've got the ball moving, moving, you've got to maintain growth or you do stagnate and then can tail off. I think it's very hard. Something needs to change if your business is perhaps at a fairly static turnover yeah, for a period. Kind of period. It, I think it doesn't rule you out. No, definitely not. However, there needs to be a change of mindset, mm. which is innovation and that isn't a new product or service necessarily sometimes it's just a change in how you think yeah. and what you want to Definitely. what you want to achieve but i suppose you do have to put in context what does growth mean for you and why growth what it does it mean yes absolutely so probably about time in the podcast to just take a little break and listen to one of our uh, evolve clients talk about growth in their business we've got mark nordy uh, founder uh, MD of Norco, uh, talking about um, in a short conversation with myself uh, their growth uh, journey and some of the challenges they've faced and where they go next. Enjoy. Hello, Mark. Hi, Warren. Just keen to have a conversation with you, a brief conversation about the growth at Norco. For me, having seen the development, the growth of the business over recent years, it's a business that I see as a high growth business. And as this episode of the podcast is about growth, just thought it'd be great just to get some sound bites from you about growth and your kind of journey with growth. So for our listeners, we should probably put into context, you know, what Norco does briefly and what your growth in recent years has been. Sure. So we're um, Composites Engineering, design and manufacturing company. Um, So we manufacture all sorts of things from defence and civil industries um, we've grown from about 12 million to nearly 20 million at the end of 2023. And we've done that in the last five years. Okay. Phenomenal growth. Not bad at all. Yeah, we're quite, we're quite pleased with it. I mean, most of the, 
most of the growth and the and the drive in the business has been in the defence sector. Um, so where, you know, back in probably five years ago, we were 10 to 15% defence industry and 85% civil. Uh, we're now 50-50, uh, which has been quite a journey, but it's been it's been interesting. And that was... I mean, please take the question the right way, Mark. That was a kind of formal strategy that you adopted? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, if we go back to 2008, um, you know, we all saw the the worldwide crash. We suffered significantly overnight. And and actually, we we kind of rode the crest of a wave in 2008. So it didn't actually impact us probably until 2009. So we didn't see it coming. It was Mm -hmm. almost like a false wave. Uh, we felt it was still going really well, although the worldwide economy was bad, our workload was good. And then by the, the time we got to 2009, we lost probably 40% of our business overnight um, without much warning at all. And the majority of that reason is because it was all in the leisure industry. It was all marine-based. Mm. So I, I took a decision at that point that there was an absolute need to diversify the business. Um, if we didn't diversify the business, I couldn't see that there was going to be a business in five to ten years' time. Mm. Um, and so we 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 started to implement uh, different business development people within the company, looking at different projects, moving into different markets. But we had to do that slowly mm. because we didn't have all of like the type accreditations that were required for aerospace. We certainly didn't have any of the infrastructure in place that's required for defence. And it is a massive step in order to do that in a business. So, yeah, we, we planned out uh, steps. We looked at different aerospace-type work, but we were doing civil, more civil-based aerospace work. And then we stepped into looking at accreditations, AS9200, uh, um, looking at defence accreditations, and then setting up facilities to suit that. So clearly you as the business owner and business leader had this clear vision in 2008-9 of what you thought and wanted to happen next to the business. Mm -hmm. And many business owners, business leaders have these thoughts, you know, it's kind of what makes us a bit different and gives us that kind of spirit to get out there and do things. But you weren't an insignificant business at the time. You're a eight, ten million pound business business at the time. So you having that vision and then actually implementing it and making it happen and getting the buy-in of the team is sometimes where things fall down, you know, with entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders. Of they course, try and make yeah. it happen. So how do you actually implement and make things happen, Mark? So, so for me, it was, it was all about survival and it was about trying to engage with the team. Um, so we, we were just very open and honest with everybody and we, we laid it on the line to them. We told them that it was very likely the business was going to crash Mm. Um, we went through a period of redundancy but actually ended up saving those jobs because we engaged with BD people and we got out on the road and we spoke to our customers and we spoke to potential customers open and honestly and we pulled quite a lot of work in from different areas and I think the team saw that and they reacted to that and they saw that we were proactive and we weren't going to give up and that we wanted to push things forward and we wanted to change things. And, 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 the, and the team really came along with us. It was a, a fantastic... It reminded me, actually, of when I took over the business. Yeah. And, you know, you imagine a 21-year-old walking into a business of, you know, 16, 18 people, um, fairly, you know, shop floor, kind of rugged guys. And, and uh, it reminded me of that time because no one left. 
they all bought into the journey, but they bought into the journey because we were very clear with what we wanted to do and we communicated it well. Right, and that was what was replicated and that was the success. And you've continued that. One of the things that really interests me about the story and the thing that you've done well is, you know, growth isn't linear as we know. No. But you have added growth every single year yeah. since that 2008-9 position. Almost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how have you maintained momentum? Because it's okay sometimes getting that enthusiasm for a year or two. Here's the new idea. Here's the new strategy. Let's go do it. Yeah. yeah. But you've got to maintain that momentum. And that's one of the difficult things that in business to do, isn't it? Um, I mean, yeah. And if you talk about maintaining it with me, it's been about the excitement of some of the projects that we've worked on. Mm. You know, we, we, we've done some amazing things over the years, you know, from working with bits that have gone on European Space Station to you know, Facebook to Rolls-Royce and all sorts of very intricate things, very sizable projects as well. I mean, just by sheer scale of what we've built. So it is a little bit, you know, that boy's toys thing. And, you okay. you know, you, you get a warm feeling out of that. And I think actually the, most of the people that work for us enjoy that too yeah. because it's hugely diverse. You know, we're not making widgets on a recurring basis it's it's very very uh, uh fluid what we do and i suppose that enthusiasm that we can all have as a business owner does ooze into the team doesn't it and they see that and they live and breathe that and if absolutely you continue yeah. that and had that that's great what do you think some of the challenges have been over the last five years in terms of maintaining that growth so um bring, bringing a team along was a challenge but it was more about you know, um, upskilling the team so that they could actually manage the team as we came along. Um, there were challenges through uh, achieving accreditation through through different processes, particularly with defence. But I think we, you know, we stood up to those things quite well, and we made sure, and we still make sure that we've got right people, right roles, and that they're supported well. When we often talk about growth, we talk about the vision, the methodology, the strategy for delivering it. And we then talk about how do we create the capacity? Mm-hmm. How do we actually get to the point where we can deliver it? And you've talked about the people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what are the other areas of the business you've had to grow mm-hmm. to deliver this growth? I mean, predominantly in the last five years, it has been the defence side of the business. And we've invested quite heavily in, in infrastructure, invested in land and property and develop and developed buildings. And then we've grown completely different teams because they're working at completely different security classifications. And, you know, where you have a a cultural situation within a business, sometimes it actually is better rather than to try and bring people through a cultural change just to start again. Yeah. So so we've seen a bit of that. The business does well, it's doing its thing, but actually make sure that you get the right. Exactly. Culture so, and, the, and the team that's doing the new work. Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, we've always done that really well. We've always made sure that we've got a backbone, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so we've got regular work coming in from regular people, contract-based. We've gone out and done the weird and wonderful projects. The weird and wonderful projects have then springboarded us into doing more regular work with, with more people. You bring on more productionized type work. That then gives you the opportunity to springboard again into the weird and wonderful projects. And I think... You know, we have done that quite well, you know, and we've done that across lots of market sectors. And how far forward are you looking at any given time? These days, it's more like five years. I would say five years ago, it was more like three years. Okay. And probably 10 years ago, it was um, last week. Yeah. So, 
And you've definitely had to change and upskill yourself then, do you think, in this process? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I've, I've gone from, you know, worrying about how we're going to pay the wages at the end of the week. And I've been through that many, many times to, you know, now setting out a strategy for the business of the next five years, you know, trying to engage with the, the management team, bring the higher management team on, then roll that down through the through the lower management team and through to the shop floor. Yeah, and, and yeah, my, you know, my role within the business has completely changed. And it's really important, um, isn't it? I found it, it challenging, but it has changed. <laughs> well, we all find our comfort zone, don't we? And sometimes we've got to push ourselves as leaders for our we businesses do. to grow outside of our own comfort zones. Yeah, I just, I just don't want to get to the wielding chairman stage. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're far <laughs> off that, Mark. Um, but, you know, we've got to have that growth mindset and we've got to have that realisation and we've got to learn to, you know, my own journey reflects that we only really grew and we only really gained momentum and I learned to properly let go and delegate and trust in a management team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's absolutely key. Um, you know, but I think it's 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 also key to have the right number of people in that yeah. management team. You know, if you have too many and you have too many too many people involved in the process, you'll never get anything done. And I think it's also really key that you know you you, you have a you know we talk about this linear growth, don't we? But you, you keep to the journey, yeah. and actually the journey should be linear. Yeah. And there's lots of noise that goes on around it. But as long as you keep, you know, your mind on the end game yeah. and you get the right team around you and you bring that team and they understand that journey, then that's, that's yeah. really key and important. Are your eyes on the prize. Absolutely. Definitely. Despite all of this growth, you have invested with Evolve recently on a sort of leadership and development kind of program for your senior leadership team. We recently did sessions around strategies for growth, getting them to think about how growth can continue, and also around that planning for growth, capacity planning. You know, what did you see as the benefits from those sessions, Mark? It's been fantastic because we've come out of the office and because the, you know, the, the questions have been steered, it's got everybody opening up and they've been a lot more open and honest about you know, what the gaps are, what the holes are, what we need to fill. And we've, we've taken that away. We've implemented that in the higher management meetings. We've implemented so much from the Evolve sessions that, you know, we'll go towards the company objectives of 24 and hope continuously improve what we're trying to do within the business. Brilliant. Thank you, Mark. And where do you want to be then in five years' time? Where's the grand plan? Where it's always been since I was 18, and that is um, in a villa in Tuscany <laughs> on a hill. With a self-fulfilling business. Yeah, with a camera or some vineyards or some olive groves, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Thank you for our conversation. It's been great. A really valuable conversation around growth. Always welcome. Thanks, Warren. So, David, that was a great conversation with Mark, wasn't it? Really good. Just real life. Yeah. And that's what it's about, isn't it? It is. And, And we can learn so much from listening to other people's stories and journeys and just hearing how he's you know grown and expanded the business by you know expanding their core services to their core client base in the marine sector but how they've also expanded by you know developing you talked earlier during the course of conversation they've trained people up they've brought people in to be able to deliver new products new services new expertise to their existing client base and to new markets so evidence of a lot of what we talked about in the first part of our conversation but we should move on and we should talk about that and it all sounds possibly very easy at this stage no doubt um you know you've come up with your ideas you've considered your options you've narrowed that down but you know we make it sound straightforward but it's not is it david 
It's not, is it? Let's be, let's be honest. Um, yeah. You've sat around that table, haven't you? I'm, I remember being that person once where, oh, we should do this. It's a really good idea. And I was absolutely not. You were the naysayer. I was it sounded the, like I, you yeah, and your personality. I was, I, I was there. No, I don't think this would work. And obviously we did it and it proved to be really successful. Yeah. You know. And I think positivity is an interesting barrier to yeah. growth in its own right because... Well, you've got to be positive, right? But yeah. you don't want to be over mm. positive. Yeah. You know, it needs market research. It needs thought, consideration, financials, yeah. all of those things. But reality is that I think motivation and positivity play a big part. And I think it's one of the things that I look at and I see that, you know, most business owners, business leaders, founders, entrepreneurs, whatever the terminology that they're currently going to call them think, are quite good at the ideas piece. And they're probably a quite idea convincing and, you know, explaining to the team why it needs to happen. But often you see where the, one of the failures and one of the challenges in that case is, is they see the next shiny new thing, the next opportunity, and don't fully execute that original idea, the original plan. And I've seen businesses just bounce from idea to idea. So I think that that is a, that is a challenge. And I think that can be overcome by relying and putting in place a good leadership senior management team again something that mark referred to in his conversation and allowing them you know getting that positivity getting that buy-in and then as the owners in the business or the senior lead just letting go a little bit and let others take the lead and i think when that does happen you know it can be extremely powerful and tremendous couldn't agree more you know those those building blocks those those other barriers whether it be funding whether it be you know, machinery, assets, technology, you know, your own recruiting capacity for the skills you're going to need. These are all things that can stop it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you have to have people working collaboratively and in alignment to make this happen. Mm. Because I think as soon as you have somebody important who doesn't, Mm. I think it really, really affects things. Definitely, definitely. So I think there's a big piece, isn't there, around formulating the plan, you know considering the options but then as you pursue making sure you've got buy-in making sure there's strong and good communication yeah. uh, to a certain degree one of the things that then needs to happen is this whole change management process something you and I are very passionate about talking to businesses about as well you know that change curve just making sure you understand that you know growth can lead to significant change and different people in the organization will perceive that change in different ways, in a different speed, in a, in a different period of time. Absolutely. I think you referred to, you know, the next shiny thing. Yeah. And if somebody's used to you being, oh, here we go again, here's the next shiny thing, or what is it this week? Yeah. Um, and actually the directors or the owners, whoever it is, is really trying to, you know, create this growth and this change, yeah. then, yeah, it's got to be, you've got to make sure it's all together. Yeah, consistency, isn't it? It's like a lot of things in life. You need to make sure you're being consistent. You know, considering some of those typical growth challenges, you've referred to them, you know, I suppose we move on to think about how do you actually execute? Uh, And we, you know, we talk about planning for growth a lot. It's It's a separate topic. You know, we talk to businesses about their kind of strategies for growth, but we also talk about planning for growth and particularly that kind of how big, how big's your cup? What's your capacity? What can you deliver? What have you got to change within the business to actually make this plan executable so thoughts and ideas around capacity planning david 
in our workbooks as such and our material we 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 put this down into eight different areas okay building and assets uh, technology innovation which is more about thought processes finance operations leadership and culture sales and marketing people and skills so we create this framework for businesses and we ask businesses to really assess and evaluate whether they've got sufficient knowledge, capacity, resources to actually do this. Mm-hmm. Because the reality of growth, it's like you say, you've got that idea, you think it's a good one, you feel you've done what you need to to, to move forward. You then have to put all the different pieces together, yeah. right? There's definitely been businesses who go really heavy on the sales and marketing, right? This is a classic mistake. You right, we've got an idea, sales and marketing, get at it. And then what happens to the operations team? They can't deliver it. They fall over. Yeah, yeah. they fall over. And therefore, it wasn't thought about coherently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you may never grow again yeah. because you've ruined your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting when you we talk to businesses and again listeners if you're thinking of growing and you're thinking about those eight categories that david ran through you'll probably really recognize that some of those areas you have natural strengths in within the business so we quite often when we talk to business and we're talking about their growth plans we probably and it'll be different from business to business but we see some areas that are real strengths to the business and perhaps need very little work to be able to execute a plan and other areas that do need more detail on ideas and rooms and options for improvement, don't we? Absolutely. I think it really depends on your background. Obviously, if you, you, know, you come from a sales and marketing background, it's very likely you'll be strong in that area. If you're more of an operational type of individual, you're very good at that thing that you do. You know, often other areas like finance or sales yeah. and marketing might not be quite as strong. And perhaps that's where you should be really thinking right i should focus on this because it's not my natural tendency or my natural strength it's my natural home or bring in the resource the people with the expertise to help you and again i suppose we're reflecting our kind of journey um clearly coming from an accountancy background the finance the funding was natural we understood that nailed that all the time the piece that we always struggled with was technology you know we we didn't you know we didn't have that uh, that kind of brain and that kind of expertise and we would rely on third parties all the time to help us get to speed in technology and i suppose that there's a reflection here for me is it was always a weakness for us that we did overcome but you know technology is one of those areas that's moving so fast and that's what always was going to catch us out or was catching us out mm. is I suppose you've got to assess with these eight areas, you know, buildings, technology, sales, marketing, innovation, people and skills, finance, operations, leadership and culture is in your industry, how rapid change is happening. Because if you're going to implement this plan, it's not, it's unlikely to be a six month plan. It's likely to be a three to five year plan. And so you've also got to look forward, haven't you, David? You do. Um, You've got to look forward. You've got to think about what it's going to be in one year, two years, three years. And that strategic approach is without a shadow of doubt linked to success yeah. without a shadow of a doubt and, and without that you can come into more problems um, and you've got to take the time to if you think you can do it yourself that's fine you know and I guess depending on the stage of the business if you are in the very early stages you may not have the resources or the money to 
pay people perhaps and actually you're more on that DIY approach however as you mature you can't do it yourself or you can't always do it yourself you yeah. need that help help expertise and a sounding board which is clearly where you know evolve can help and, and come in and with some of these structures and tools that we have available i think it's worth touching on growth just one of the areas of concern with growth is that area of over trading so one of the things that we would always do is as people come up with their plan is to get them to understand how they generate cash in their business you know that adage you know profits vanity cash is king is so true particularly when you're growing because you can grow a business and you can be making the sales and you can be implementing your plan but um, it looks good on paper you know there might be profitable sales but if it takes you 180 days to turn that sale into cash and you're growing quickly you can soon run out of cash so you know one of the things again I suppose it is the accountant in me listeners I apologize <laughs> <laughs> you you know so many so many more businesses actually fail through kind of over trading um, too much sales sometimes than a lack of sales yeah they run out of cash they just run out it's a real problem right <laughs> it is. And, and particularly in the environment which we're in and again probably more of an issue for you know a smaller medium-sized business where you know funding routes are quite restricted we have this funding gap in the uk um you know you've got some startup business angel kind of funding you've got the banks you've got some grants but really you know serious equity funding doesn't come in until you get into that VC PE world um, and you, you know, you've got to be looking to raise £5 million plus there. So there is a funding gap. So you've got to make sure that if you're going for the growth that you can fund it yourselves. And then one of the last things I suppose we should consider, David, is the piece around owner of the business, founder of the business has formulated some ideas, shared them with the senior leadership team and then they've implemented, you know, they're going to implement the plan, they've come up with the plan they feel they've got all the capacity they need or they know where they need to invest. They've considered the working capital. What should they do next in terms of how it's communicated? I think importantly, the non-financial objectives are an interesting angle. I recently have had experience where nothing but the, no- the number is talked about. Oh, we need to grow. We need to get X amount of pounds in our bank account. Yeah. And it's quite easy to turn people off when you say that. You know, a lot of people that work for a business, perhaps, who you're going to need to take with you, are less interested in that sometimes. They're more interested about, you know, what, how's this going to change the business? You know, what's it? What are those objectives? What are we all working towards? And of course, finance plays its part, but non-financial objectives are, you know, interesting. And I think you referred to it earlier, Warren, the, the, you know, the process by which this is communicated, you know, through a senior team, through the wider organization, reviewing kind of why this is happening and what they're hoping to do, you know, the benefits of it really helps secure buy-in. Because mm. you, can't, you can't run a business without people. No, it's that Still. buy-in, it's that communication. <laughs> you Maybe do. AI will get us there. Maybe, but... And, and a whole world of other pain, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, treat your people right. Yeah, engage with them. Yeah, ultimately that then brings the success. I think that engagement piece is right, isn't it? Sometimes you 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 can have a plan and you can have all the great ideas, but if you just then become very dictatorial in the way in which you implement it, and people don't feel engaged 
with it, then it can disenfranchise, as you say, and particularly if it's all about you know, numbers, profit. People want to understand what does it mean for the business as a whole. And I think that is one of the, I often talk about this, I think it's one of the things that we got right uh, at Inspire as we were growing. We would give every year at the start of the financial year, these are our eight metrics. These are the things we wanted to do in terms of growth. And actually covering a lot, you know, again, a lot of this material that we put together at Evolve comes out of real life experience. And we talk about our team and what we'd look like as a team at the end of the year. You know, what would look like in terms of our client delight and our net promoter score where you know where did we need to develop our technology and we came up with a very simple diagram at the start of the year and we shared that with the team and it didn't have a profit number on it didn't even have a turnover number on because we knew if we did these things that you know the money would come um, and during the course of the year we had a really simple diagram which we could then traffic light in you know, green everything's great we're on track amber Okay, we need to put a bit of attention here. Red, we really need to, to get this area of objective motoring. And the team responded to that. And there's there's psychology in that, isn't there? You know, in terms of process, not outcome. You know, yeah. do I, is, the, is the aim to win a gold medal? Yeah. Well, yes, perhaps it is. However, you're not going to win a gold medal by just simply repeating, I want to win a gold medal yeah. over and over again, are you? You have to think about, I need to run this fast. Okay, I need to go to the gym this many times. I need to engage with yeah, and definitely. process not outcome. Yeah, and hopefully that. the outcomes will will be achieved because the process is so strong. Brilliant. I've really enjoyed our conversation, David. I hope you have two listeners. Clearly, we'd love you know if you're thinking about growth, um, we would love to have the conversation with you, wouldn't we, David? We'd, we'd love to. Yeah. So you know, we work on a kind of direct to you as the business there is some sources of funding available out there for some business support um, if you want to know more about that business support uh, if you want to know more about what we can do for you then please uh, do go to evolvemembers.com and if you haven't already you know find david mutton on linkedin find warren munson on linkedin please do uh, connect with us Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. And don't forget, if you'd like to learn more about Evolve and the services we offer and how we can help you and your business confidently start, grow and exit, then please go to evolveadvisory.co.uk. Please also help and support this podcast by subscribing, liking and giving us a positive review on your favourite listening platform. Thanks for listening and see you next week.